Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Gramuga. Number one, the stars are blind, Stan, Colin Ashley. Emilio Diaz. So today, we are going to be catching up on a couple of recent-ish releases that uh, both premiered at Sundance last year, uh... Promising Young Woman and the 40-year-old version. Uh, and to do that, we are joined by a uh, TV and film critic who frequently writes at the AV Club. Uh, and I've forgotten exactly how you pronounce your name, so why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so it's, do it it's easy to do, honestly. It's a confusing name. I'm uh, Caroline Sita. Thanks so much for having me. Thank, Thank you so much for being here. This is an early morning recording for us. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, have you ever been to a film festival or co- or covered a film festival? Uh, pretty infrequently. I went. I've been to the Chicago mm-hmm. Film Critics Festival a couple mm-hmm. times, which is always a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So. I'm excited to, yeah. I don't know, imagine what Sundance is like via these two films. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to talk about them in their, like, proper release order. They both come out uh, uh, promising, or a uh, 40-year-old version is came out first, came out, I think, like, October. On, it was acquired by Netflix, uh, and they released it uh, then. And then uh, Promising Young Woman uh, is a focus feature right yeah yes and it came it came out like at at christmas in theaters and then like was on vod like three weeks after uh given the times um so we'll start with 40 year old version so um this is a movie uh written and directed by uh, rada blank um and it's uh her debut um, and she stars in it. Uh, it's it's a real you know sort of tour de force on I her mean, yeah. part. Um, and yeah, and it's 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 you know it's one of those like oh this is like based on my life sort of movies. But um, she, so she plays a, a playwright uh, and teacher who's you know turning forty, and she uh, hasn't been uh, super successful in her, her in her playwriting career. She like showed. She 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 was promising in the when she was she was on a thirty under thirty list, uh, but then she like never has never really had it translate into like huge success in any way. And so she's you know she's teaching high school uh, theater and uh, you know trying to get her work seen by artistic directors at uh, at some of New York's nonprofits, etc. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's it's it it um it won the directing award. It was in the U.S. Dramatic Competition. Uh, at Sundance, uh, and then Netflix picked it up uh, pretty pretty quickly, I think, right? It wasn't like a protracted sale period, uh, and then they put it out in October, uh, and it sort of I feel like it had like some positive buzz, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a sensation in any way. Right? People weren't like, "You got to see this movie, like it's so great" or whatever. Um, so I, I feel like had, the people yeah. who had seen it were kind of like that. It was just the. And I mean, maybe we can address that the last time we talked about this movie, I believe, was our Sundance preview, where uh, I said, oh, that premise sounds terrible. uh, (laughs) I'm thrilled to eat my words, but I do think that that might be 
wah. It just sounds, especially for a Sundance premiere, it just sounds very like, oh, this is too Sundancey. And so I think I would imagine there were other people that were resistant to it. Uh, however, I do think that it's been pretty easy to see that like anyone who has seen it recommends it pretty strongly yeah um yeah and yeah so i caught up with it like a few months ago like it was not like it was not like a part of any like hype cycle or whatever when i caught it and i was yeah i was really pleasantly surprised by it like it's i think it's like such a charming delightful movie and the real thing i was really surprised by i've sort of been saying this around is like is how funny it is. It's so is funny. how much of like a like a comedy with like big jokes it is. Like the the title being like a Judd Apatow illusion is like no mistake, right? Yeah. Like it's got like she's like really got like some really great, really funny comedic beats, really fun, really funny characters. Uh, and I think it's just like yeah, it's like a super exciting voice to 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 see as a as a premiere at this point. Yeah, I um, I totally agree with the I, I saw this movie sort of in my end of the year trying to catch up with everything I'd missed, mm -hmm. which can sometimes involve just, like, watching a lot of heavy movies in a row, which I'm sure people experience yeah. at film festivals as well. And this was yes. such a gift to just turn this on one night and not really know what to expect. And I was like, oh, it's just, like, a genuinely funny comedy. Um, there's an opening mm -hmm. scene where she's on a bus that I think just captures it's so much of, like, city living on a bus <laughs> and the small inconveniences and sort of your own... <laughs> your own yeah. worst instincts that can come out in those situations. And from that scene on, I was like, oh, I'm very into this movie. And then it just uh, continued to surprise me along the way. It's uh, it's so funny. It's very, I, it may just be because it's like theatery. Um, it reminds me so much of like Christopher Guest style. And it's just like, the I think like just the way it's also shot, like sort of documentary uh, style of the camera and like how people just like, she does these like great cutaways to people just like talking at the camera uh but it's just the scenes like with the uh with the kids like the the high schoolers it's that's like when it's i'm like dying laughing where uh they're doing the play about like the sperm going like fighting the bosses to get to all the way there it's just so so funny yeah, the build of that too is so great because it's like she's like, well, we can't really like do a sex play or whatever yeah. at first, and then like all of a sudden like they're playing sperm. It's so like... so funny. <laughs> I also so I before I got into film and TV criticism, I was like full on theater theater major, so I definitely come from that world, which I think really yeah. puts this film in my sweet spot. Um, and it, it actually really reminded me of this great TV show from, I think, the early 2000s called Slings and Arrows, which is about a Shakespeare um, festival. But it's, it sort of yes. deals with similar themes of sort of like, you know, when are you selling out to appease these sort of older white audiences or just older audiences in general? You know, can you maintain your artistic integrity, but does so in like a very light referential way? And yeah, that sort of theater-based humor is definitely like very much for me yes absolutely mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm very much the same and yeah just read bernie as like a yes. wild artistic director who like like will just come out and be like i really want to like see like the crime in this like story of like a black neighborhood or like hit like he and him like being like so he's so on point as like that type of like intellectual mm -hmm. artistic director well-off sort of like white 
uh, power holder uh, in like the 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 theater arts scene. Mm-hmm. He's he's wonderful in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, one of my favorite jokes is he keeps trying to get her to write the book of his upcoming musical, right. but they keep changing what the right. musical is. I think it's Harriet Tubman, and maybe like Ida B. Wells, and then Shirley Chisholm by the end. It's just like, and every time they mention it, it just right. becomes a new like famous black woman that yeah, whatever they're right. trying to commercialize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a crazy scene when she's like first. Uh, when you're first introduced to him at like the like soiree or whatever, and she like just chokes him out after he's like, he's like, I was reading your play, and it's like, did a black person even write this? And then she just like <laughs> grabs him by the throat, and then it's a great, great joke where they just cut to her in her apartment crying, eating ribs, and she goes, uh, I just want to be an artist. <laughs> it's just so so funny. Yeah, yeah. I really like. I really like the white lady director. She, she's oh maybe <laughs> some of the when when the actress asks Rada a question about like why does she speak like this, and then all of a sudden she's she's talking about like well the southern, and she she just keeps giving these long protracted like nonsense answers. That's a very good scene. I'm always down for that sort of stuff. There's a lot. There's like a lot of good bits in it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. a movie. Where at first I was like, D- two hours seems too long for this. This seems like it's going to be a little long. But it's like every scene manages to be compelling on its own and manages to mm-hmm. like sort of introduce a different thing and sort of explore a different thing. And it's like there's enough energy to, to carry you forward, which I really appreciate about it. Yeah, and I think it's sort of using it's sort of like operating in different modes of humor as well. Like I think the kids are probably the broadest and like very funny in mm-hmm. that level mm-hmm. but then some of the satire of the theater world is maybe a little subtler mm-hmm. and so and then obviously there is like so much genuine emotion to it as well so i think it's like really mm-hmm. you know obviously that's the ideal sort of thoughtful feel-good film but i think that that is very difficult to pull off which is why something like this if you read the description maybe wouldn't immediately sound appealing but i think yeah she threads that needle so effectively and then obviously there's the whole hip-hop angle that we haven't even mentioned which also yes. is like i think like if you did I don't know if I fully I can't remember how much I knew about this movie going in but it's sort of like such a fun and unexpected reveal as to like her sort of I guess almost like midlife crisis pivot that you know Mm -hmm. speaks artistic integrity in a different way it's like such a specific combination of things and I really like that the film is not afraid to be like we want you to be equally well versed and sort of like the satire of the theater world, but also sort of like some of the nuances of the hip hop world. Like I like that it trusts the audience to sort of follow along with those two very different worlds. No, yeah, and about the hip hop thing is like, I did read that about the premise, and it sort of made me like sort of skeptical about that because I was gonna be like, I was I felt that it maybe would have been like, maybe like slightly condescending or that wasn't really gonna grapple with it in like full terms. But I think. It mostly does, which is a credit to again as a, for a movie that's doing a lot of things for it to fully give that section, that part of it, its time and like explore it correctly. Because at the beginning, when she starts trying to do the rap, I'm like doing like I, I just in my head was like, is she doing this to be famous? Because like this isn't 1997. I don't know if she's gonna cut it, but like as it goes on and you see sort of see like what actually drew her to it, the sort of like low barrier to entry where she can just like say and do whatever she wants to do and uh, and then it's sort of like and then sort of exploring the sort of world of this like 
sort of underground like backpacker rap rap scene because it's like I, because it's like again the sort of rap she's doing is not like what's hot right now so I, again at first I bristled and then I learned like no this is like sort of trying to capture something and it's trying to be real specific and she's like they go through the paces of like trying to find the people who would actually be doing this in like 2015 or 20 whenever this movie is set and I think that's very good I really like her relationship with D. I really like these beats. Yeah. They're good. For again, they're like they're like DJ Premier type beats, but they're very fun to listen to. I think she's good at rapping. She has some good bars. I mean, it's yeah. maybe it's maybe the a little song at the end over yeah. the credits. Is yeah, so that's good. very good. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and it, again, it's like not condescending to that world again. Like one of my favorite things about D is that like there's multiple situations in which she is maybe being condescending to him, and he's like, listen. I've, yeah. I know I've listened to jazz and we all yeah, listen to exactly. jazz down here who hasn't or like who we've all watched Hamilton we all know what you're That's a great trying idea. to do <laughs> it's just like it it gives it credit and it manages to be funny and fun and interesting and entertaining where it, and when I thought it maybe wouldn't be that so I'll give the movie a lot of credit for that mm-hmm. yeah I also love the character of Dee who's sort of like her producer makes her beats like you said and Um, I thought Oswin Benjamin's performance, that was, like, the biggest surprise of the movie for me. Just, like, it was such a great little, like, rom-com-y performance, but sort of in a way that I wasn't expecting. And just ends up being so sweet, and and he sort of becomes this character with who has, like, a lot of integrity, which you're sort of introduced, and you're not quite clear if he's just sort of, like, cheating people out of their weed that he demands to give them beats, like, how invested he actually is. But then he becomes this person that, like, really represents this artistic integrity she's striving for. And, yeah, I just mm-hmm. loved that performance. And I loved their dynamic together. I just thought it was so sweet. Yeah. yeah. When he I gives mean, her yeah. the Funyuns at the end, it's so yeah. nice. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so good. Yeah. And it's, like, he gets, like, the highest compliment I can basically give an actor, which is, like, at the end... I was like, oh, right, this is an actor. This isn't just, like, a person that yeah. exists. Yes, this is, yes. like, a person giving a performance, which is, like, a credit to him and how natural he is and how, like, charming he is. And it, and it never seems, mm-hmm. like, sort of big. Because, obviously, like, the movie is a lot of times operating on a sort of, like, bigger, slightly campier level. Like, we talked about, like, with the Reed Bernie performance. Like, obviously, like, I, I assume theater, like, people like that exist, but he's obviously doing, like, a slightly bigger thing whereas like that sort of part exists very naturally in a way that i very much enjoy yeah that's yeah you're right i hadn't really thought about the like the the contrast in tones but i do yeah you're right that is really well handled in the movie and i also like i think the thing that like i really like the underlying thing that i really really responded to in this movie is sort of the thread throughout it and um about like this movie is basically about like the the like the sinister power of like who gets to give notes on your art as you're creating it right because like you know she 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 has these this play that she's working on she has it like she she's working on stuff like she's like proposed to work stuff at like a a tiny like black focus theater and then she like she ends up at this at this larger nonprofit that has like a you know probably you know probably similar to like roundabout or lincoln center or something in new york um and you know it's it really is just like who who is in the room able to like give her notes and like ask her to adjust things is like such an important thing and i think it really underlines it like when when d is like around like he is he shows up a couple times like adjacent to that world but not really in it and like 
you see like oh if he was like in this room and it was able to like give notes and respond to this like her playwriting work would improve uh and even though like it's not like his expertise or whatever like he is and so i do yeah think that that thread throughout the movie was something i really responded to thinking of like yeah what is it to like ask someone to like do a creative project and work with collaborators and then like control who is in the room to say like this is working this isn't working we need to bring this out we need to to focus on this stuff and and how that can really like betray an artist and lead an artist astray and i think it's very honest to the like slippery slope you can fall on where it's like okay i'll accept this one note and then that sort of okay well then i'll mm-hmm. make this other adjustment and okay you know at one point she's like i'd really like a, a black director to direct this and they're like okay well we'll just get this white woman mm-hmm. just for the reading and then they're like well there were no black directors mm-hmm. available so the white woman will just keep doing it and you sort of see right. like it's not like rada makes one huge compromise that screws her over it's all of these sort of little things that add up to by the end her feeling like the play isn't hers anymore. Although I also think, I think the movie is very smart about, like, it's not just a simple, like, we're condemning this world either. Like, one of the things I love is when you do see her play Harlem Ave produced, that, like, throughout the play, her students are very into it. And it feels like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is, like, a, a very compromised work. This isn't what she wanted to put up, but maybe there is still some value to that people can get out of it in a way, Mm -hmm. even in this, like, I don't know, very white space. I just found that so interesting. And then obviously there's so much more into when she ultimately says like, screw you all and does a rap on stage. Mm -hmm. So like that speaks to them far more authentically, but even during the play, they do seem very into it. And I, yeah, I just Mm -hmm. think the whole movie is very honest about the compromises you have to make, but not necessarily just saying like all compromises are bad and, you know, screw the whole system completely. Like, I think it, it the mm-hmm. movie is sometimes more nuanced than even, like, Rada the character is, and I think that's very mm-hmm. smart filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, uh, Jesse mentioned up top that, like, she didn't really give it, like, a lot of credit uh, seeing it just, like, as its description on Sundance. And uh, this is one, like, I just watched it this morning um, and it... Uh, it's one that I should have like tried to catch up with before because it's so so good. Like, uh, we didn't we did our like awards that we do uh, a few weeks ago, and I do think that this would have been like in some contention for something because like, absolutely, Rada is like incredible. Uh, like you know behind and in front of the camera, uh, it's so 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 gorgeous. <laughs> I just like there's moments where it's just like driving around the city, like when uh, D picks her up and they go to the Bronx to see the Queen of the Ring. Uh, bit which is also just like that in itself is gorgeous but when they're just driving around i'm just like this movie looks so good and uh i just watched the other big netflix shot in black and white movie that looks bad and this looks so good (laughs) yeah we don't need don't need to get into that one yeah i mean (laughs) then play a festival good riddance (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i i do think that the the theater satire is really uh, effective talking about that ridiculous uh, white director. Uh, I, I'm taking a, a directing for theater class right now, and we read an article very early on about how important it often is for uh, BIPOC directors to be directing uh, plays by BIPOC playwrights. And so I was telling the class like oh this is a really great satirical look at why that is so important mm-hmm. yeah totally and like yeah the the way that di- that director like like <laughs> is 
is like able it, she, how she like asserts her control but like while like trying to like use all the right language and stuff like it's so effective of like this is like a person who's like very oh like you know like the director you know deep down like knows that she shouldn't probably be directing this play <laughs> mm-hmm. and so she like is very much couching all her language in that like insecurity or whatever but she's still also like not really serving the play in the way that it needs to be served right. Which is like, this isn't just soy milk <laughs> <laughs> that also feel- um oh go ahead sorry I was just going to say, I feel like we talked about the uh, the question that you guys heard at the Gloria Bell screening where the uh, this old white woman uh, gets up and asks uh, Sebastian Lelio uh, why her why, why his movie wasn't more multiculty and like that is the audience that this director is serving. Yeah. <laughs> There's um all the stuff with like the actors in the play also is so funny, um, <laughs> and uh, when um, when she's like writing uh, and they do like she does like a lot of great stylistic things like this like when she goes to see her brother like he's been like calling her throughout the whole movie and then like she goes and talks to him and it's like there's just like uh, like inserted shots of the mom's art that is like really really gorgeous and like a great stylistic choice but she does the same where she's like trying to rewrite the scene (laughs) where it's like the the couple and like the gentrifying white lady and uh it's her voice like coming out of their mouths it's such like a fun bit um but then also like in the play at the end when they're just like (laughs) she's like a sister and they like hold hands it's such a such a funny moment. Yeah, the whole the whole way Harlem Ave is eventually staged is like very funny, and I feel like true yes. to play many plays I have seen in my own life. But I'm glad you mentioned the mom too, because I think that that like sort of the setup that becomes clear is that I think it's within maybe the past year or two, Rada's mom has died, and that's sort of part of yeah. what we come to understand is like her sort of emotional crisis and. A lot of this movie is autobiographical. Like, I'm pretty sure the paintings we see are actually the real-life Rada mm-hmm. Blank's mom's paintings, and maybe some of the music is her dad's music. I think okay. he was a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just yeah. thought that, like, the 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 way the mom sort of lingers over the movie, and then the questions of, like, she was an artist. Was she, did she feel successful? Was she satisfied in her life? Did she not achieve her dreams? And, and Rada and her brother sort of have different views on, like, how satisfied the mom was with her own life and i thought that was such an interesting like look at like multi-generational artists i my parents are also photographers so that feels like relevant to my life and again this movie just is like hmm, let's take all of caroline's little interests and just like put them in one movie <laughs> um but yeah i loved that sort of the way her mom who really is not you know it's not a character we ever see but she does feel like such a presence throughout the movie and again, I think that it's just like this movie is so elegant, like, and it's so yeah. easy to watch that it almost is, yeah, like hard to appreciate how elegantly mm-hmm. it's structured and and put together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I just love this movie. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, and then like even with like Dee's mom, he says that she's dead, and like at the beginning when she gets on the bus and she's like, "Your mother thanks you to the bus driver," and he's like, "My mom's dead." It's just like all throughout <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, um, I do feel yeah. We haven't talked about one 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 of the characters that I want to shout out is Peter Kim as Archie. Oh, so uh, good, so like so her good. best friend slash manager slash like agent or whatever. Uh, he's so funny and so really like really good in the movie and like the the way that the movie is like 
also about like what their relationship should be like it is not necessarily like a thing that i would have expected to be for the movie to be about is like the thread of like what should how are how are they navigating their relationship what should their relationship be and like did they need to figure out like what what they want out of their their relationship to each other but i think it's handled so well in the movie and i just yeah he's really really terrific and it's like a really exciting character it's like it's like very good like one of my favorite things I think what most movies and like most like art should be is like if you have characters, I think you should at least dedicate some part of it to like sort of interrogating them and questioning them and challenging them, not just like being from a straight point of view, like straightforward point of view from like your main character or whatever, which I imagine can be hard when like the main character of your movie is yourself and it's about yourself. But I think it go it goes like well through the paces of like sort of examining Rada and using pe- people like Peter and using people like like D for those purposes. Like, I think they, they exist at an interesting dynamic because especially, like, what D hit, a lot of his struggle is being, like, well, does she actually want to do this or is she just, like, some, like, uh, some lady from another class who, like, works in theater who just, like, is treating this as a lark and doesn't actually, like, respect, like, this art form or me and just, like, is sort of being condescending and sort of like that exploration is very interesting and then there and so i think the the exploration from the other side with like the peter kim character is also interesting where she she is to him is like well you just keep me around because you just want to be feel better about yourself and you want to feel like you're actually like helping a black person and you're helping a black woman do things and then like that it, it that relationship is very interesting especially because like he does come back to her with like a little of like of like also questioning why she stuck around with him and questioning why questioning like what she sort of perceives herself as and like how she sort of wants to like not take the blame for anything that is happening to her even though she is an active participant in all of that which i think is like it's like very good to see it's like again it's putting the character through their paces a really funny moment um with peter uh where it's at it's at the end like after she like does the performance uh, after the play and she's like walking out and they sort of like have their heart to heart uh, and at the same time she's like you're fired and he says I quit it's just like a really like just nice moment of like to have that relationship like hit that point is just like really really mm-hmm. good and like smart like you were saying just like uh, like very deftly like just sprinkling in things like that and it's sort of that that line between like friendship and professional working relationship and you know it's one thing when you're both like young 20 somethings you're like yeah it makes total sense for us to team up but sort of like realizing Mm -hmm. that you want different things but that's not a bad thing like the movie's not judgmental that maybe Mm -hmm. Archie does want a slightly more like commercialized path it's like cool like I don't know the movie's just very like do what you want to (laughs) do but try to be true to yourself which I think is like a message that I really like hearing like is a good Mm -hmm. not too neat but very effective message yeah, I mean, this is a year that I have felt, like, filling out, like, awards ballots is maybe sort of short on really strong supporting performances, and this movie is, like, full of them. I mean, like, a lot of the smaller roles, like, the the students are really funny, but then, like, the sort of three uh, slightly larger uh, male roles, you have 
read Bernie, who's just doing this, like, totally uh, ridiculous kind of character, and then you have uh, Oswin Benjamin, who is also very funny, but is generally given a lot more kind of tender, dramatic stuff to do, and then you have Peter Kim as Archie, who is absolutely doing both of those things, and is great doing both of those things. Uh, it's All three of those performances, I think, are really impressive in how they are uh, contributing to, like, different tones within the movie. Yep. And, I mean, it's, like, even the further smaller performances of just, like, the homeless guy who lives in front of her yeah. apartment. Mm-hmm. Who's or like the older lady. Or really the older funny. lady is also very... They're, yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah. Um, As I... Oh, like, the kids, obviously, they're all very funny. Like, the, the two kids that are that are like directing the play and like yes. first hit her up about going to the show those two kids are very good mm-hmm. and just like yeah it's just chock full of people that are like mm-hmm. are both like an interesting mirror to her and also like compliment her in very interesting ways so it it's just like if again like i think what you mentioned caroline it's like low-key it incredibly deftly made an interesting movie even from a, like a screenplay perspective of how it m- manages to bring all these characters in together and meld them and i love that it's just available on netflix like i just yeah. love that anyone can just go and watch this movie and it i don't know i yeah i'm just so glad that this movie is out there mm-hmm. and i hope people check it out I feel like a lot of people yeah. would really like it, you know? Not even just, like, so. filmy yeah. people. Like, I just think people right. yeah. <laughs> in general. It's very accessible but thoughtful. And some of her raps are yeah. so funny. I mean, yes. some are uh, just great and moving, mm-hmm. but, like, white man with the black woman's butt is, like, it's I so laughed funny. about that for, like, days. That's <laughs> such a funny premise. It's it's great, mm-hmm. too, when she first goes to the studio and the guy's like, what's your name? And she's like, Rada, Miss Prime. And they just stick with it. It's such a funny thing. Um, yeah, the the Queen of the Rings segment I thought was like really really great of just like taking the time to just like show these like specific like uh, like battle rapping. Mm-hmm. And the f- the first time it's like the second time she's at the studio, but the first time she's recording, and she does this song that I think is like the like thesis of it is just like talking about like the poverty porn and like that right. uh, he's trying to like get her to do and everything. And uh, the way that that is filmed is just incredible. And she, like, looks down the barrel at the end. It's just so, so cool. Yeah, all those little yeah. looks to camera, which doesn't happen too often, but, like, it's always sort of a surprise, but very effective. Like, there are there is a yeah. lot of, I think, really smart filmmaking here. I love the moment. Like, it could play so cheesy, but the moment at the end where it goes into color... A little bit yes. I think it's just like beautiful mm-hmm. and so effective and doesn't mm-hmm. feel cheesy at all in the moment and you sort of see the color of her dress for the first time I yeah really love that last shot a lot I feel like we're, yeah, we're wrapping up on this yeah. I guess yeah just a hearty recommendation all around like it, I yeah. do feel like it's been a little underseen this year mm-hmm. as people are like catching up on stuff so if you haven't made the time I think it's really worth it I really hope we see a lot more stuff from Rada Blank oh 100 uh, yeah off of this um and yeah it's it's yeah it's it's a really enjoyable watch I think it's got something on on so many levels for you to connect yeah um, go sit down with your family type in 40 year old virgin into <laughs> into Netflix yeah. then play that <laughs> pretend you didn't know what happened and just sit down for a good movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um 
and yeah, it's so it's such an easy watch. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Don't yeah. be thrown off by the runtime. It's it's sales. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like there there was a point at which I was like, oh, there's an hour left of this, but that's not to say that there's any individual scene where like every individual scene is like, oh yeah, this scene is great. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of vibrant color, let's <laughs> yeah, go promising young woman. Cullen found the segue. I love it. Love it, Cullen. Good job. Uh, yeah, promising young woman. So this is uh, Emerald Fennel wrote and directed this movie. Uh, it stars uh, Carrie Mulligan. I'm sure most of our audience has heard of it and maybe has even seen it because it. This is one that does feel like it's really Buzzy. finding an audience right yeah. now, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a, a doubly impressive given that it is uh, like $20 rentals still mm-hmm. technically. Like I'm sure like not everyone's paying that, but like <laughs> it's uh, it's still like it's it, that it is not like just click and you can watch it, yeah. but it is still being like a big buzzy movie, I think is very impressive uh, and speaks to how like, how much of like a statement it is like it's like this is clearly a movie that was like made to like be provocative and make a big statement um uh, it's uh you know uh um carrie mulligan plays a 30 year old woman who's living in ohio she uh uh you find out very quickly that she has like she has uh sort of dropped out of any professional ambitions uh due to the fact that her best friend uh, was uh, a, a date raped, assaulted uh, in when they were in medical school together, um, and so she has been sort of taken that, and and then her her best friend um, took her own life a, after in the fallout of that, and so Carrie Mulligan has been, uh, you know, taking seeking vengeance, seeking revenge. She's she goes out to uh, she goes out to bars and clubs, acts drunker, acts like she's like blackout drunk uh in order to trick uh guys to into taking her home who would try to take advantage of her and then she calls them out on it um and then the movie goes from there she develops a relationship with uh bo burnham who uh is someone she knew in med school um and she she also like revisits a lot of the people who were more directly involved with the uh incident when she was in college um yeah uh this is one where you, you know it got a big response out of sundance i feel like like a, mm-hmm. it was one that like everyone was like this is a movie that people are going to be yeah. talking about i think and and it because it was also interesting because it had focus had it before sundance yeah. so i believe they released the first trailer even before sundance it was supposed so to like, come out I mean, in like was, april i think yeah right because uh-huh. it was yeah that's right because it was like gonna be released very quickly after and then the pandemic got in the way of those plans um and so yeah people people were like this is a big movie that people are gonna be talking about i think it was fairly controversial even at sundance and i think it has remained controversial ever since uh in as it is in wide release um but yeah it's one that i sort of came to uh as uh, in like in the like slightly pre-release uh on vod period i got it as like a screener uh and I watched it and it was one, like I've talked about this a few times. It is just like a big, bold, attention grabbing movie that I really appreciate in 
quarantine times in that like it really like is able to hold my attention in a way that many like subtler but very good movies are not uh and i think it's like yeah it's like got big big bold colors it's got big flashy music choices it's like it's like a really like big attention grabbing Mm -hmm. movie and that's something i really appreciated about it what did everyone else think about initial thoughts on promising young woman yeah, it's certainly... I feel like this is a movie that I just have, like, so many thoughts on, contradictory thoughts. Like, I, I do mm-hmm. really like this movie. I think, mm-hmm. in some ways, I almost more, like, appreciate it than like it, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I sort of really appreciate the way it's, like, reclaiming this, like, hyper-feminine, super-colorful, as you mentioned, like, very, like, pop-princess-scored aesthetic... And using that for this, like, sort of revenge genre that is not, like, a simplistic revenge genre, which you might expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's all very audacious. Um, there are ways, when I was first watching, that I almost felt like the movie was simpler than I was expecting it to mm-hmm. be. And I sort of almost felt like I was ahead of where the movie was. And then by the end, I did not feel that way at all. Um, <laughs> so in that way, like, I think to me, the sort of last... Like, I I do think the end of this movie is where people sort of have their qualms that they have qualms about it. For me, it was sort of, like, what, for better or worse, like, made the movie, sort of made the movie more than the Mm -hmm. simpler story it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. This is one that I feel like, I I watched it a while ago, but, like, I'm still processing in a way, as I feel like a lot of people are. Uh, So, yes, I did watch it at the same time that Andy did, because he had his screener and uh, graciously made me his plus one. And uh, I've seen it another time since then. And uh, similarly, it is, like, one that I, like, sort of go back and forth on where I'm, like, this is really great. I love, like, the aesthetic here. And then this is, like, stuff where I'm, like, is that, like, does it know what it's doing? Or is it just, like, a bit, not basic, but where I'm just, like, interesting choice there. Um, But the rest of it, like, it is one that I, like, yeah, I like you were saying, like that I just think about a lot where I'm like, this is great. Like the music, uh, it opens with like a remix of boys, the Charlie XCX song. And I'm just like, this is great already. Like five stars. (laughs) And then like, um, (laughs) it it is like so, uh, specifically designed. And I, um, Andy's saying that it takes place in Ohio. I didn't know that. And that like, makes a lot of sense that it's like I at first I was just like oh it's just like whatever like LA or something like California uh you know nameless west coast city um but it is like it, it does feel like specifically like um suburby now like like where she lives with her parents mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. very like suburby and um mm-hmm. but yeah just like uh the colors of it like her nails specifically like there's like the shot at the end of her nails that I just can't stop thinking about where I'm like, that is such a great moment uh, of just like popping out of the, like where it is. I don't know how spoiler we, we want to go, but uh, yeah, I think we can assume that our audience is after. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, speaking about the family, yeah, her, her uh, Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge as her parents are like, so those are like very interesting performances of like they're they're pretty they're very specific and like you can like 
you can see how they're like worried about her but they don't know what the fix is and like and then they like start to think things are better when things are not better. Like, like they don't like they don't really understand what the problem is. Like, and you get, really get that from their performances. You know, Jen- Jennifer Coolidge, uh, especially, is like you know it's a that's a performance where it's like you know she she often goes very big and you know comedic. She's like reined in, I think, a little bit, but still is like has that energy of like oh she's like she's like a little kooky, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and yes. I think that's. That she's uh she's 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 really good in the movie. I like her a lot. I mean, what um, a cast this has all around. Like it is yeah, wild. This entire cast is wild to me. Especially because so this is so Emerald Fennel, A, I don't know if you guys watch The Crown, but she just plays Camilla Parker Bowles on The Crown, which like wow. blows my mind. Just like I'm like, what? I've been watching this woman play this like semi dowdy British, you know, right. aristocrat aristocrat, and now she like made this movie like that took me a second to wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. She also um, was the showrunner for season two of Killing Eve, mm-hmm. which I was right, I, yeah. I would prefer season one to season two. But I'm wondering if that mm-hmm. I just feel like the traditional mold for like I wrote and directed my first feature. If you are an actor is to also star in it. And it's fascinating mm-hmm. to me that this is such mm-hmm. a different route. Like she wrote and directed it. But then it just has this sort of like very. I mean, I don't know how famous these people are to just, like, the general audience. To me, I was, like, every person in this movie is so famous, like, or just, like, so well-known, right? Like, I had such a personal attachment to, Mm -hmm. even to the, you know, very pointed casting of all of the, like, self-proclaimed nice guys that Cassie sort of ends up, yeah, yeah, exactly, sort of ends up, you know, seeking her revenge on. It was, like, every beloved white male like sitcom star from the past like 10 years sort of yeah, popped yeah. up in this make love in yeah or... yeah well yeah yes. <laughs> uh chris lowell at the end i was like oh wow yeah yeah and max greenfield and yeah greenfield is so good and adam brody as the first guy like it really was like it feels so pointed and like let's take every sort of guy that you sort of love and like in your mind sort of probably think of as like a very nice charming person and like completely subvert that in the film and then like Burnham also like yeah so so good in it and then like when they pull the rug out I'm just like oh my god when she like hears him in the video I was just like oh no yeah I mean yeah the Burnham thing it's like I definitely felt like I was waiting for a shoe mm-hmm. to drop on him I like, mean yeah given, that's like, something the, right? yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and then like yeah his turn specifically is like me I like that's a tricky scene I feel like and I'm not sure they entirely nails it in the movie where like when like she comes to him and his like response to her coming to him with like the evidence and stuff is like a lot and it, I, it might be like it might be good but I'm like that's one I question more than than, than the others but uh but yeah so like yeah they're they're like they have a nice relationship stuff yeah. I think is very good and like you do it does really set it up for when when the turn comes it's like a real knife stab yeah, yeah. of a of a reveal <laughs> uh, yeah. um because it does seem like she's like she's maybe getting it together she's like she yeah you know, she's she's maybe finding some happiness with this guy and then like it's obviously not not to be yeah I mean um, their chemistry is so good also like yeah, just like from the beginning, like uh, when he drinks the coffee that she spits in, it's like, oh wow, this is like such a bold thing to do. And then like yeah. they like keep going back and like you know Burnham's obviously like a funny actor and uh, has good comedic delivery, and Mulligan is just so good in it. I think um, 
but then like the, the scene I you know shouted out stars are blind at the beginning that's just like a very I think romantic section of just like this cheesy song that like they both know that all the words do and it's just uh, they're just mm-hmm. having a time he's like I'm gonna buy you a bicycle is like a great jokey like don't know what to say line I think it's really nice and then you know obviously it turns out to not be nice yeah yeah i feel like this movie maybe part of the reason i feel like i'm grappling with it so much is because it it almost feels like it's a different movie depending on what you bring into it like maybe just depending on like do you have an attachment to these actors which i feel like i very much do but some people might not and then even like what is your level of like feminist awareness going in what is your awareness of like rape culture going in and it's sort of like i almost feel like it it would play differently like completely differently depending on what you're bringing to it in a way that is maybe not true of movies this is such a i don't want to say political movie but it's making you know such a major social point so in that way it's like asking you to bring a lot in but i also feel like maybe it is also trying to speak to like multiple levels of awareness which can be like sometimes good and sometimes almost frustrating because i'm like i want to have a more advanced conversation but also not everybody's like at that level so like you have to have somewhere that's you know a more intro conversation i don't know i just think it's so like obviously the themes it's dealing with are so heavy and mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah it's an audacious movie <laughs> like that's just what i keep yeah. coming back to like it it is audacious in everything it's doing even when it's not maybe fully successful yeah sure. when i watched it i sort of also watched it with colin and I had this comment of, like, this feels like a movie written, like, eight or se- seven or eight yes. years ago. So yeah. It kind of inserted that, where it just feels like, I think, sort of my problem with it. And I think I think it's a movie I sort of overall ultimately come down on the side of, like, I sort of like it, but I sort of have a lot of issues with it. It's sort of, it's it sort of feels to me like a movie written by somebody who, like, heard about all of this, like, a month ago. And it's in that it's like it has a lot of energy and passion for the subject but i don't know if it really has anything to like say about any of it apart from just like what it's doing aesthetically and trying to take this like very like pulpy story and frame it in these very like as you said like pop feminist like colorful aesthetics and i i just sort of it's like i had that same feeling as you did where it's like i kept watching it and like waiting for like it to get maybe a little more advanced or to, to make like a very serious point and it just like sort of never got there for me I think what the ending does is like it, it is like audacious but I sort of like I sort of just come around to like the same side of like I don't know what this is saying really apart from this is just like a sort of dark turn for the movie to take I think it sort of performed weirdly I think also I don't know if I love every performance in it I think it's like I feel like the gambit of using all of those, like, beloved, like, comedic and, like, actors from TV is, like, I think it's sometimes successful and it sometimes sort of reeks as obvious to me. Because especially, like, Adam Brody, I feel like the last, like, 12 years of Adam Brody's career is ju- has just been, like, oh, this guy is, like, seems very nice and handsome, but he's actually bad. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's, So it's just, like, seeing him do that again in another movie is not, like, that interesting. I think, like... God, I forget his name. What's the I think you should see? Sam Richardson. Sam, Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson so is, again, he's, like, funny, but he's, like, obviously you, like, get the bit, like, instantly with him. And then 
I think I think what the movie is doing with like with Burnham and what it's doing at the end, I think is are the most interesting parts. I think Mulligan's performance is very good. She's great. She's like obviously as the center of the movie is more keyed into like its weird specific tone, so she has like that advantage. But she she is performing very well individually. I don't know. I, I'm sort of mixed on it. I appreciate what it's doing. It's like another thing I said to Colin. It's like it ha- it sort of has the energy of like a Law and Order SVU episode yeah. from like 2011, and it's just yeah. like I was missing Ice T coming through, and like being being like <laughs> date rape. <laughs> <laughs> just like got somebody moving boxes around while getting interviewed. It just it's just like it, that's the sort of energy it's stuff for me, and I think the people who are the most keyed into that, I think are the best like i like alfred molina's weird small Molina's part of so it he, he's like very good in it i yeah. i really like greenfield at the end i think that it's such a it's so funny. he's like so out there and it's like he's i guess <laughs> it, it might be a thing to what you're speaking of caroline where it's like i'm a gigantic new girl person so yeah like seeing <laughs> like very out there evil schmidt like sort of tickled me more than like any of the other performances but mm-hmm. uh He's got that great line where he's like, you killed the strip at your bachelor party? What is this, the 90s? Yeah. 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 Um, I want to talk about the Molina stuff for a second. Because yeah. I think that is, like, the most interesting thing in the movie. That well, is, like, yeah, the, I mean, the... I mean, you know, maybe except for the ending. But, um, it, it like, because, you know, it, she's done, like, these, like... she's She's done... She's pulled. She's pulled stuff with people who have been like directly involved with the 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 original sin mm-hmm. of the movie a lot, and like it's th- those people have like not been have been responding. You know how you'd expect. They get defensive. They're like, oh, it's not my fault or whatever, right? And then she like comes to him, and like the way that he is just like, yeah, like it it has messed me. Like my complicity in this, like I'm owning it, and it's really messed me up. And, like, the way that it is, uh, the way that the movie positions it as, like, how much comfort that does or does not give her, I think is, like, very interesting. And I think that is, like, the thing that is, um, you know, that, that that, you know, I wrestle with a lot in the movie. Like, you know, I think so much of the movie is, like, Right, we don't have the systems really to like deal with these problems that exist, and like there's no there we're there, we're not we're out for, you know if we're out for justice like there's not really a way to get justice, uh, for for the way that people are have are are treating people right, and then like you come and see this guy and like this is like a, a model or like a, a a look at like what one version of that might be mm-hmm. of like what it would be for someone to like take responsibility and all that. And yeah, the, the way that the movie sort of lingers on that and then like, and depicts sort of how, how she responds to that, I think is like, it's the most, it's, it's like, the, it's the, the trickiest scene in the mm-hmm. movie for me. And I think it's like, it's, it is the one that I, I do tend to think about a lot. I think. I was just going to say really quickly, I think Alison Brie is good. And Alison, I think she is some, some, she's also sort of getting to that. Like, I think that the interesting, well, like, a more interesting point of just like well you were complicit in this but it's like were you really aware of what was happening I think that's what's happening with Burnham too like were, were you aware of like the consequences of what was happening and like the tragedy of what was happening and like the sort of dynamics at play and I think she is a 
I think she's a great actress just generally, but I think as somebody who's like both played in the realm of like both comedy and drama, she sort of gets the tone more than a lot of other actors. But uh, you go ahead, Caroline. My bad. I think that Alfred Molina scene is maybe my least favorite scene. Like, it's probably the scene mm-hmm. I struggled with the most because, mm-hmm. like, one thing I found tricky about this movie is, like, we're supposed to be rooting for Cassie, but I don't think we're necessarily supposed to be thinking everything she does is correct. And I don't need the movie right. to didactically be like, here's when she's doing something good, here's when she's doing something bad. But the, like, it felt like there was almost a through line of, like, do we, f- do we hold women who weren't involved in the act more accountable than men Mm -hmm. who arguably did, I mean, as bad, if not worse things like this guy's supposed to be a lawyer who his whole career was just based on like harassing rape victims into like dropping their case and how easily she forgave him was like so upsetting to me. Like to me, that was, Mm. that was Cassie Mm -hmm. doing something that I found like bad, but I don't know if the movie did like the movie. It almost, again, it felt like, too simplistic for how sort of like cruelly she had punished Allison Brie and Connie Britton who plays like the Dean right. it, for them to then her her to go around and be like oh all I needed was this guy to say like I'm sorry for my years and years and years and years of systematic abuse and then he's sort of like mm-hmm. almost presented as a hero but then I wasn't sure I was like maybe the movie is not trying to present him as a hero and that's just like Cassie's flawed perspective and in that case it's like a flaw of Cassie's that she's sort of like so easily willing to forgive him when she was maybe, you know, wanting to hold Alison Brie accountable for essentially just like being at this party and not, you know, supporting Nina when she came out with this, yeah, you know, truth. So I don't know. That to me was a scene that that was to me where I got to the point of like, hmm, what is this movie doing? Like, is this operating on mm-hmm. less levels than I think or more levels than I think? And I don't mm-hmm. know if I ever had an answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess it, it, it's, yeah, it's, like, interesting. I, like, sort of appreciate it for its, like, sort of different, yeah, wh- what it's doing different, like, what the different thing it's exploring morally and, like, the sort of, like, the, yeah, like, what the, how complicit, like, what the problems are with the system and not just, like, the people who are directly involved and, like, that sort of thing. I, because it, it's, like, I think what I talked about with 40-year-old virgin that I really liked and said was like it interrogates its main character. It doesn't ju- it doesn't just exist in their perspective and like is from there and it like has questions to ask about who she is and what she wants and what she's doing. And I feel like I think my problem with Parsing Young Woman is that it really doesn't do it, like mm-hmm. there is like there are occasional attempts from like the Bo Burnham character and the Alison Brie character to be like, we were all in college. I understand that this was a fucked up thing, but none of us were like keenly aware of all well, how fucked up this all was. But like the movie sort of like breathes past that, and it's like sort of like it o- only moralizes from Cassie's perspective, and like even like as you said with the Alfred Molina thing, where it's like that sort of complication sort of like br- like helps it for some people and breaks it from for other people and that it like and that like again it still exists from her perspective but seems to be a little more forgiving than the rest of it mm-hmm. and I don't know I think I, I could have used a little more like exploration of like her inability to move on and what her life is like apart from that instead of just like being so focused on this like one thing but again, I do appreciate like the the it's like short pulpiness. It's like again, it's like an episode of a TV show. It's like a person who didn't get justice wants to get justice, and they go through like these very like 
straight steps to try and get it and like eventually come to the conclusion of sort of solving it but also sort of not in a way that is right. in some ways interesting but in other ways obvious like you guys mentioned the Bo Burnham thing before and it was like literally from the first moment when he mm-hmm. walks in I, I sort of knew what was gonna happen almost exactly I, I had like no bones about like oh well he's gonna be the good guy that changes her it's like almost instant that that's not where the thing is yeah. gonna go but uh yeah, yeah. I, no you go ahead I was just gonna say it's like less that I didn't think he was gonna be a bad guy and that it's like it, this sucks that he's gonna be a bad guy because they're so good together like just their chemistry yeah I do think we're something we're circling around is like something that I was my expectations going into the movie were different in that like what Cassie wants I think is like so interesting mm-hmm. because like it's such a low bar right she wants basically like acknowledgement yeah. of wrongdoing like that's like what her goal is like going in i like the way the trailer sold it i thought she was gonna be like killing yeah, these for guys sure and the movie were, like, sort of like mm-hmm. leads that a question mark for a long time like how many yeah. lines she's crossing in her like revenge right. and right and all it turns out like all she does is she like says to the guy like hey i'm not drunk like this is really messed up what you did think about what you've done and then leaves is basically what she does yeah. to all of them um which you know Will that prompt them to change and, like, self-reflect? Like, who knows? But, like, yeah, the, I think... Cause, and then it builds to, like, the the what she gives of herself at the end, right? Like, the ending is, like, she dies, right? Like, she gets killed by, uh, by uh, Chris Lowell uh, in, in an attempt to, like... What she's going to do to him is just, like, tattoo him, right? And then, like, so she's not, like... It's it's probably gonna like affect his life. It's not gonna end his life. Mm-hmm. Certain like she's not out for that. But then he kills her, and then but then she has like foreseen this possibility, and it builds up to like the like the grand climax where Angel in the Morning is playing and the, the cops are coming and all that stuff. And like it, I like it's. I really like that sequence just from a filmmaking perspective. Yeah. Like the music and the editing and like and all that stuff. I think is like really working for me and then i do sort of come away with like this like she had to give her life Mm -hmm. for such a little game like what she wanted was so small and so like it was it and it was like not necessarily that hard for what she wanted from those people to give to her but she still had to give her life Mm -hmm. in in pursuit of this and i think that is like the interesting thing of the movie of like this is how much like a woman has to give in order to get like even like the smallest step mm-hmm. towards justice and i think that's like the thing that i that i respect and like like about the ending of the movie which i know is pretty controversial yeah i think the ending i think i mentioned this before but it was the one time i felt genuinely surprised like i did not expect it at mm-hmm. all and so on that level yeah. considering earlier i had been like is this film almost a little too simple like that was the moment where i was like oh no it has mm-hmm. It is more complex than I was giving it credit for. So on that level, I think it really works. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, I don't know. If anything, it was the her ultimately winning at the end that maybe felt a little too mm-hmm. easy. I mean, the movie is sort of jumping back and forth between like that very pulpy, you know, revenge genre that's very satisfying mm-hmm. and then something more complex. And it it definitely tries to split the difference with like she has to give her life, but ultimately does give just get justice in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah, I'm I. In general, I think I like the ending, but I do understand why people don't, in a way, and like respect yeah. that. With that, with this, this is a movie where I'm like, whatever you think about it, I respect because it's doing <laughs> yeah, it's... a lot. So I completely understand 
like the ways it sort of affects people. Yeah, and it's interesting to talk about like how far she goes, like, and what the expectation that you had, and I think a lot of people did, Andy, of like thinking that she was just gonna like be killing people, which I think is like it. I I can't really remember the sequencing of like when, um, the mince plot scene. I think the mince plot scene happens before she starts like going through like Allison Brie, right? Like. Oh yeah. So like, Mint's when, class is pretty early. When that happens, when she goes to Alice and Bree and like she gives the guy at the bar money after she's like get her drunk, I'm like, okay, so is this like also going to not be anything? And then like with Britain, it's like so intense where yeah. she's like, because uh, you, I mean, you just like it's effective and it's uh, you know construction that you don't know what she did with the daughter after she picked her up, but you just like when you find out that that was her daughter and then she's got her cell phone and it's just like, oh my god, like how far is she going with this? And like Alison Brie is like tortured by just like not knowing what happened. Uh, right. And then like, you know, she, you find out that she just like didn't really do anything. Like she just like had the guy like sit with her or whatever, like make sure that she gets to the hotel room. But it's like similar. And it's like, after you find out that she's not really doing anything to the guys other than like scolding them, it's like, okay, well now how far is she going again? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like really, really crazy. I did want to also just quickly say that, um, there are so, so many people in this where it's like, this person's really like an interesting performance in it. Uh, Laverne Cox, I think is really, really like a great mm-hmm. presence just like yeah. in all those coffee shop scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's good. M- Mince, say- Mince plus is maybe bad, but uh, we can yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> so to me, the moment that ma- like, I feel like we were getting to the end. I was really like, unsure how I felt and the there's one just like quick shot that almost sold me on the entire film which is throughout the movie Cassie's had Nina's it's like half of her little best friend heart necklace and that's sort of been like her totem and at the end we find out that she leaves that hers her little necklace to the Laverne Cox character who's like her friend at the coffee shop and that to me really like that actually hit me harder than anything else because it felt like it was sort of like each woman is like carrying another woman's pain in a way like that felt very symbolic of like okay Cassie has had to give her life which is like her choice and in some ways was like a success quote unquote in terms of like wanting to get vengeance on these people but also is a burden like to those she loves and I don't think the implication is like literally Laverne Cox will go out and do the same thing but it's like okay she will be carrying the loss of Cassie the way Cassie was carrying the loss of Nina and that was sort of like Mm. a wider symbolic like it's such a quick shot but really like I felt like that was almost like the most interesting thesis of the movie is like part of being a woman is just like carrying pain from people you know and that Mm -hmm. yeah I found that like super affecting and like sold me on my sort of question marks I had about the ending yeah Yeah, that that is a very nice touch and it's a very good detail yeah, but I don't. I guess I'm still just sort of mixed on the movie. There is. It's yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a tough nut to crack. I think. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. I think the aspect of her not killing the people, I find sort of weird because it, it it again exists like, she's sort of this very like tough character, right? Right. She's like very like. She's not a very warm person, and she has like, th- these. It's like, I guess it's sort of hard to say, but. It, it, just like what she does is give these guys a stern talking to it's just such a weird detail for me because it's it, it mm-hmm. seems to me like 
that wouldn't work. That would not accomplish anything, I don't think. <laughs> and it's like, again, what she does with the Connie Britton character and the Alison Brie character, where it's like both of the times it seems like she's doing something very fucked up, and then she's mm-hmm. like, nah, well, I didn't do that. It's sort of, it's, it's just like sort of weird how much the movie is like sort of playing with like presenting her as like this very like tough cookie willing to do like weird things to get her justice but also every single time it feels like it has to pull back and be like well no she's not actually yeah. doing anything wrong she's doing like the like she's being nice well not nice but she's like not actually doing crossing any lines here at any point feels weird to me like it seems mm-hmm. like it like it seems like it should maybe have crossed the line at some point but it like it's again it's not it doesn't seem interested in interested in interrogating what she wants to do and like the problems within Mm -hmm. but in some ways too i think that is what makes it interesting is that it's not the simplistic like i you know the more simplistic like revenge like exploitation genre where i do think there is a version like a much more cohesive version maybe of this film where she is just like murdering these people and she's this avenging angel and it is complicated that like she wants to be that but is still a good person maybe i think maybe that choice worked a little bit better for me than it did for you but i do know what you're saying in terms of like like in a way one of the more interesting scenes is when i think it's molly shannon who's playing nina's mom is sort of like telling her like this is not healthy. Like no one wants you to be doing this. Your sort of obsession with this is not, it's not like helping Nina anymore. And it's only destroying your life. I found that scene to be maybe one of the, one of those moments that you wanted more of where sort of Cassie is challenged a little bit in that way, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- yeah. That's a good example. I had forgotten about that scene and that scene is good. I think like that, that is sort of more of what I'm asking for. And I do yeah. also sort of, I do also a hundred percent agree that like, just a version where she's just like an avenging angel killing all of these guys is also like sort of like boring and not what you want but i feel i don't know i feel like in some ways it's a i feel like in some ways it's a very <laughs> i think in some ways it is a very bold movie and in so in other ways it's i th- feel like it's playing it weirdly safe around yeah what it does with its main characters but uh I don't know. Uh, at the at the end, I so, I do sort of agree with Colin on some aspects that I I enjoy the music, I enjoy the aesthetic. I think a lot of the performances are very good, but I am sort of like confused by a lot of the other performances. I don't know if like again like I think the mint plus Adam Brody, Sam Richardson like angle like is it, that's like a thing where I got it like ten seconds in and then I hit that beat like three times and I'm like I don't know if I need this much of it but uh I do think just from like a a filmmaking standpoint like it very effectively creates tension and it's like we were talking about like what has she actually done that's maybe the most successful thing about it is sort of how long it strings along what is her philosophy in general and then what has she done to each individual person like I that certainly in the first half of the movie was like very tense for me particularly how long they leave the question about Alison Brie, I think unanswered is like a yeah. very like unnerving feeling to just sit in and and yeah, I think that early tension is like very effectively done. Yeah, I think yeah, from like a der- yeah, from that tension is held very well and I think it the movie is very good at that. I think that and that and well not like the scene where she dies, I think is a very good yeah. like well executed tense scene of just like 
what's happening. It's all, yeah. it's almost funny because I, I've been watching Columbo recently, and I've been watching it with a friend, and I always had this thing where it's just like, because Columbo's entire approach to like detecting is just like catching people off guard, and I feel, and I'm always like, I feel like if this person got caught off guard right now, he would just murder him. So it is interesting to see a, a movie Something where, going wrong. Where, where that just happens, where it's just like, yeah, she's just like confronting a violent person directly, yeah. and, he, and his direct response is like, I'm going to murder you, which is like, sort of seeing that through in a way that I didn't expect and found very mm-hmm. surprising and, and sort of interesting. And it's like, again, the, the dynamics of like, a woman be that being the person that happens to I think is very interesting and it's like I'll give the movie I'll move you a lot of credit for it mm-hmm. yeah the the stuff with like Richardson and like Mince Blast is the one that I think people talk about a lot of just like it's so not tropey but just like obvious like what he's saying is like it's like not any like making fun of someone like what they're making fun of that type of guy for is like sort of obvious but I want maybe I'm giving uh, it too much credit because I'm like other stuff that happens in this movie is like I think like smart and like really nuanced takes on specific things that this has to just be like yeah I'm just gonna push it to like 11 like everyone knows that this guy's a doofus he's gonna talk about like writing his novel while he's like doing blow and saying that he's like (laughs) obsessed with David Foster Wallace or whatever and people are like yeah that's like too cheesy it's like not like uh not subtle or whatever at all. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's like not the point, uh, but that's just like part of it. It's like, yeah, it's like all these guys are just going to be the most obvious doofuses. Mm -hmm. And like, we'll just get sort of like Sam Richardson to throw heat in like a too small shirt and a fedora where he's like, you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, my problem with the misplaced scene is again, I think he's very bad at it. I think he's giving it. I mean, yeah, that is like maybe a, just a different thing. (laughs) That is just one that I know people had been like, this character is like, too obvious i'm like okay cool (laughs) also i think this is maybe a general thing i think the dialogue in it is very weird it's like it's like again it's like written it's like it's like navigating this weird line between like being like funny and very pulpy and also occasionally serious that i think some when it works i think it's very good and does it Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of times it seems extremely clunky to me and in like a very like people don't talk like this way yeah yeah, it is just, it's not a film that doesn't leave you with a lot to think and talk about, yeah. <laughs> which I guess if yeah. that is like one of the points of film, it certainly succeeds in that level. But I don't, yeah, and I, think, I don't know. Yeah, and I think like, I do think like, it's like an enjoyable, like, quote unquote, ride of yeah. a movie, right? Like, Like, I think like watching it the whole, like almost the entire time, I'm like, like all the like all the like aesthetic choices and stuff I think are so compelling and like so gripping that like I am w- watching I'm just like with the movie the whole time and then yeah in the, in the aftermath in the like the reflection and stuff it does you know it I come away with a lot of questions of like was that the best choice mm-hmm. was that the was that the right thing to do like uh, it, like what what exactly is she trying to do here um it yeah I think it's just like yeah I can and I can sort of see like why many of those choices were made in the way that they were. It, it, and I think that they're sort of being in the way that the movie is being received, like in the, in the way that I think it is get, like getting a lot of attention and a lot of people are seeing it. I think many of those choices are like the reasons that it is being like 
seen in like awards lights right and like and be in like in prestige conversations um but yeah i mean yeah it's 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 a it's a really interesting movie that i that i really did i yeah i really enjoyed watching it and then like yeah in reflection it it does i think pose some more questions of 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 what what i appreciated and what i didn't mm-hmm. appreciate i'm i'm glad carrie mulligan's getting such a big yeah. like platform like i feel like i've just loved her for years and years and it's like exciting to see her in such a big i feel like she's done incredible projects but they've not always quite hit or certainly at the level that this film seems to be hitting mm-hmm. so that's like exciting no yeah. her, i think yeah like and, one of my faves great actress. yeah Love her. And such an unexpected, like, use of her, too, I think. Like, I can't yeah. quite think of a project she's done that's like this before. And it, that's, like, a very cool thing for her to pop in this way. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to, like, look at in cro- contrast with 40-year-old version, where mm-hmm. it's, like, they both, like, were at, were at Sundance and, like, came out later in the year, uh, Promising Young Woman, like, a little bit later. But Promising Young Woman's just been, like... It's, it's like it's such uh like everyone's talking about it like even if it's like like i i i think 40 year version was like on a few critics lists like in their top 10 and like there's like we were saying earlier like the people who do love it are like trying to bang the drum but even like people who don't like promising you woman it's just so polarizing that it's just getting all this uh you know attention and like uh like mulligan like you were saying is like getting a lot of awards contention is like probably the fa- the favorite right now for like Oscar and it's it's just really really uh interesting to see because and then like there's other things like uh that I just think about of like how else this could have gone like you were saying uh the way to go usually of like you're writing your first feature and directing it uh that like you would also star mm-hmm. for for Nell who's like an actor um that uh this it, I didn't notice it until the second time that I watched it that it's Margot Robbie also produced it and yeah. there's like I wonder if, like, at one point she was going to be the star because, like, it feels like uh, something that is, like, in her wheelhouse, um, not to, like, be, like, pigeonholing or anything. Um, I mean, yeah, you see the aesthetic similarities between this and, like, a Harley Quinn exact, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, it is that, sure. like, you know, the pop aesthetic that we've been talking about. Uh, but then Mulligan is just, like, like Amelia was saying, like, it's such, like, a thorny performance, uh, but I do think she's just so, so incredible in it. Like, um there's just like little things that she does that I think about a lot. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I, you love to see her getting like the coods this late in the game, but <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out. You mentioned Margot Robbie. And then I think Lena Waithe was a producer on 40 okay. year old yes. uh, version. And mm-hmm. yeah, just like it, it, they're great examples. They're both like films that are written and directed by women and then produce like it's celebrity women, celebrities who are like using their celebrity to get these very like, interesting and unique films out there so I think that's a really these are both really good models for sort of like you know obviously it's been a major conversation for years but sort of like getting more female written and directed movies out there like this is a good model for these movies both sort of being relatively big parts of the conversation this year like I give a lot of credit to Lena and Margot for sort of getting them out there in the way they did 100% all right yeah, I think with that, I, I think uh, yeah, I feel like we've yeah we've we've talked both these movies. Uh, yeah, uh, people people should check them out. One hundred percent. And uh, yeah, all right, uh, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. That was a real blast. Uh, what would you like to plug? Sure. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Caroline Sita. I 
semi-recently started doing Letterbox, so you can follow me on there. Nice. I'm just also Caroline Sita. Um, and then I will mention I have a column for the AV Club that comes out every other week where I look at mm-hmm. the romantic comedy genre one film at a time. So if either of the rom com elements of Promising Young Woman or 40-Year-Old Version struck your fancy, mm-hmm. you can find me writing about that over there. All right. Great. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Can I Kick It? Uh, you can find us on Letterboxd at uh, C-I-K-I Pod. You can find me on either of those platforms at J.P. Glick Weber. And, uh, yeah. Andy. Yeah, I'm Andy. You can find me on your favorite social media platform at Andy T. Germ. Uh, if you like what we're doing on the show and want to uh, kick us a few bucks to help us keep it going, uh, you can donate to us on coffee, ko-fi.com slash can I, C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Uh, Cullen. I'm Clatchley on everything, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. And I will plug Iso Takahata's <laughs> Only Yesterday, which I watched for the first time yesterday. And it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. If you haven't seen this movie, it's so, so good. Emilio. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at I Am Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. Our, our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at soundcloud.com slash tree related or search tree related on Spotify. I'm going to plug, I'm going to tweet this out with the episode, but I'm going to plug a little playlist I made mm-hmm. of like uh, 90s New York hip hop songs that uh 40 year old virgin reminded me of a lot of dj premiere beats a lot of stuff like that none of it is songs that are in the movie because it's like i think there's weirdly not that much of it used it's just like a lot of the yeah. beats that d makes it like reminded me of there is a use of a tribe called quest electric relaxation at the beginning which is very good but uh yeah apart from that i'm gonna i'm yeah i'm gonna tweet that out hope y'all like it i just it got me into listening to that sort of hip-hop again which i am sort of thankful for and yeah, you should check out both of these movies, even though I like one of them a lot more than the other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, I will go ahead and release our audience. Bye bye.